nonsense this is ron excited to be back and as promised we got ourselves an episode about vidya um i definitely want to get to some professional valorant we'll talk a little bit of professional league of legends in here as well um but otherwise we're just going to riff with it and see where we go so let's just get right on into it so professional valorant um we've seen in north america that it seems pretty evident right now that we've got two um at like s tier teams I, I guess right uh and that's sentinels and tsm it seems like every tournament they're um playing in you know the top you know they're placing in the top three uh and often facing each other in the finals um in sort of like that A tier, maybe even like S minus tier is sort of like the Cloud9 and Gen G. Uh, but I think it's very clearly TSM and and Sentinels in the S tier. Um, I think it's somewhat obvious why uh, in that right now, uh, I don't think the op is overpowered, but the op is really strong. And you've got Wardell on TSM, and you've got Shazam on Sentinels. And it just seems clear that they are the two best oppers in Valorant right now. Um, I think they use the weapon creatively, which is somewhat hard to do. I, I think, honestly, actually, the most skillful aspect about uh, the op is how to use it creatively. Because... Um, anybody who's listening, I'm sure who's like been playing in solo queue or whatever, uh, or even if you're playing in the new game mode deathmatch, which, uh, I find a lot of fun. And I think that it's an excellent, uh, way actually to sort of work on your gun skills and kind of get you warmed up before you start going into some professional or professional, uh, into some competitive matches. Uh, that being said, the op can be really fucking frustrating. I've been there uh, where you just you turn some random corner and you're just like, oh, OK. I don't know. You know, you're sort of like because sometimes it's like the, especially like in lower uh, ELO competitive, it's like people are sitting with an op in like weird spots. And it's like it's like, is this guy an idiot or a genius? I'm not really sure. But I guess either way, fuck me. <laughs> um, so, yes, Shazam and Mordell clearly the best offers um and and i think that this is the really interesting thing that i want to see is I, I give sentinels the edge and i know that in the phase clan tournament that tsm won um in what was an insanely close series um i i've seen videos and i i know that like i guess like it's sort of like you have to be this like glitzy uh somebody destroyed somebody everything's like a wwe uh advertisement you know like someone got slammed someone got destroyed uh, i've seen some stuff talking about tsm destroying sentinels and wardell just dominating sentinels and and i'm just sort of like were we watching the same series i mean the last it it's it was a best of five it went to the fifth game and it went into overtime in the fifth game so um you know, I, I'm just like, I don't know how that's a destruction by any means. Um, that being said, yes, yeah, TSM played better there. And especially the fact that I, I did not expect them to win in the overtime. Um, I It felt like up until that point, if they had kept Immortal or um, Sentinels, sorry, at 11 wins, that tsm was gonna walk you know just walk away with it because the economy at that point was so terrible i mean sentinels was in such a bad place so when sentinels somehow managed to bring it into overtime i was like okay we're gonna equalize the econ and i think that they're gonna take it um but no nope, props to tsm the one thing that I give that edge to Sentinels as a team is it just seems to me that Shazam is more capable of using other weapons and other agents. Wardell is jet main through and through. Uh, I think there's 
I think there was one series where he wasn't playing Jet that I recall. I don't even think it happened in, in the FaZe Clan. It might have happened in PAX. Um, so he's a Jet main, and he is an op main. I, I mean, it is like up until that point, he is using the shorty. Um, occasionally, he's using the ghost. But to me, it just seems like... In the time and in the times where I've seen him using the ghost, and the times when I've seen him using um, the phantom in rare occasions where he goes rifle, I'm I don't know. I just I don't. I guess I don't see it. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's as good, uh, especially compared to you know all, like the average. I mean, not the average, but maybe the above average competitive player or professional player. Uh, where Shazam feels threatening. Sh- Shazam feels like if he has a phantom, he's threatening. Uh, and I don't, I think unless Wardell has the op, I just, I think Wardell is just another player. Um, and so the concern is, is I think at some point here with them, you know, planning to release agents, even though Killjoy does nothing to affect the op meta. Um, there's going to be more agents with utility that affects the op and affects the ability for somebody to be somewhere with an op. And I think the more that that starts to get introduced, I think the harder it's going to be. Now, I'm not saying he can't adapt. He's clearly, by the way, his gun skill is professional level gun skill. I'm not saying that the man couldn't play at the professional level without using the op. All I'm saying is I don't think he is getting the MVP of the FaZe Clan tournament um, and pretty much being the front man of TSM, one of one of the top two teams in NA right now, if he doesn't have the AWP. And that's fine. Someone's got to play it, right? In Counter-Strike, you had somebody who was an AWPer. Like, you had somebody who you were trying to get your econ in such a place that that person could have an AWP, and, and that's how you're going to play. I, there's everyone has their role and he's very fucking good at his i i just think that it's the most fragile role in terms of if the op is not good you're in trouble but um you know the phantom and the vandal i don't think they're ever gonna really swing away from being the clear meta rifles um and people who are very good with the the phantom and the vandal i think are better equipped to deal with however the meta changes because they're not so impacted by how utility affects the ability to play and pressure certain aspects of the map um so that being said i think sentinels has a little bit of an edge as in general in sort of like a perfect world kind of team doesn't mean that tsm won't keep winning tournaments doesn't mean TSM won't be a great team. Doesn't mean Wardell won't be a great player. It's, this is like the farthest thing from throwing shade. Uh, it's just if I'm comparing these two teams, this is what I see and this is what I think. Um, that being said, I think through and through, these teams are clearly just stacked with talent. Um, I, I mean, you go through their entire roster and... I don't, I mean, there's just no real weakness, I don't think. I, I like, uh, you know, on on Sentinels, you look at Dapper, who's an excellent Cypher player, um, and is somebody that you feel super confident in 1v1 situations. And so, I, I mean, so talking about being a great Cypher player, I mean, if you can win 1v1 situations... And you're playing Cypher, like you're just a fucking force. And I mean, that's just like the, that's the matter of it. I mean, Cypher is such a, um, I don't want to say risk reward agent, but it's just, he's just one of those where like he requires a lot of skill to be very good with. Um, but his ceiling is high as a result. I think Zoms is someone who we've seen in a couple of tournaments now have some just crazy good shots um the man seems to just have a magnet on heads at at times um sinatra as far as i mean i i know that everyone wants to kind of troll 
um, Sinatra, right? I mean, everyone kind of wants to like troll, like, oh, he's the Overwatch player. He's, you know, that whatever. I, I mean, it. Outside of the trolling, is there any evidence that this guy isn't excellent at Valorant? I mean, yeah, he's an Overwatch player, and Overwatch is what it is. I mean, there's some translation of of skill. There, there's clearly some translation of skill from Overwatch to Valorant. Now, is it the same level of translation as CSGO? Obviously not. I, I mean, but that being said, I think you come from playing playing Overwatch and like you're going to have what what you're especially going to have is a much better understanding of how to play around abilities. Uh because I mean obviously there's all the different grenades and utility and Counter-Strike but uh in Overwatch you have to be so much more used to playing with champions who have different abilities, different skill sets, different uh places where they're strong, where they're weak and using those things to your advantage is a huge deal. Um and so playing your role and playing your agent or playing your, you know, I think that those kinds of things give Sinatra somewhat of an edge because there is a lot more creativity with how agents are played. And especially this early on with the game, there's going to be so many changes with how agents are used, right? I mean, because at this point, it seems like the the one thing that I think is very obviously figured out is Jet is the strongest with an op out of all of the agents. Um there's some uh, there's some people who play breach with an op, but I think it's pretty clear that Jet is the best agent with an op, and so you're trying to play Jet when you have an op, um, or if you're a player who uses the op. And then uh, the other thing that is somewhat meta right now is just the uh, using Cipher to sort of be able to stack certain um, bomb points or spike points. Um, just because you can pretty much solo defend a spot with Cypher. At the very least, you can solo defend uh, long enough to create trouble and also create situations in which you can get a pick or a one-on-one situation, which then can really significantly give you an edge. But otherwise, I think there's a lot to be figured out with how agents are played. I think Personally, uh, as someone who loves playing Viper, I think there's a, a lot more room for her to be used. I think the fact that she basically has unlimited smokes with her Q um, and unlimited wall sort of coverage with her E, understanding her fuel situation, but still, the fact that she can turn those on and off um, creates a lot of really interesting utility that I don't think has been fully fleshed out. And I think her ult creates a lot of really interesting situations. I I mean, similarly, she can, like, say you're on defense. She can just start around ulting a site and, you know, or sort of like the entrance to a site. And and basically, for the most part, I, I mean, largely probably force attackers to go to a different site. And... I think that that kind of stuff is going to start to get figured out more. And and I think that there's going to be a lot of room for agents to start to be uh, used in ways you would not think right now. I, I mean, even in, in the FaZe Clan tournament, we talk, there was a lot of talk about how the use of Sova has changed so much in terms of how his shock darts are being used and how his, uh, his ult is being used. Um, those are two things, you know, that have really recently started to develop. And so that's where I think someone like Sinatra has this kind of edge is that his game came like the game that he became so good at was a game where that's what you do. I mean, there was a lot of evolution in terms of like how you play different hero or champions in Overwatch and what their utility is and how to abuse it in certain maps in certain situations, whatever. So you've got that. Um, Otherwise, I I mean, frankly, does anybody blame the man that he moved from overwatch? I, I, 
I personally, I think Overwatch is a cool game. I played it quite a bit when it first came out. I haven't played it in a while. Actually, the last time I even saw it played was the other day while watching Jordan Fisher's stream. Um, which, by the way, if you don't watch Jordan Fisher, he's a great streamer. Uh, probably the best-looking dude on Twitch. Not not just the best-looking human on Twitch. It's ridiculous. I, I remember when I first caught his stream, and I was like, no, no, no. This is this person is far too good looking to possibly be streaming on Twitch. Like this man should be in movies. It's preposterous. And then sure enough, like I kind of looked him up and he's like in TV shows and movies and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because this is uh, this is not fair that this man can be this good at video games and look like that. Um, so good for him. Big shout out to him. I recommend watching him. He's a good player, and he plays with a lot of very good players. Um, and he's a very entertaining stream. He's got a great chat, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I saw him playing Overwatch recently just for fun with some friends. And it's, I mean, there's so much more going on than when I last played. I probably haven't played Overwatch in two and a half years or something like that. I mean, it's been so long. Um, so... I mean, when I last played, it was, uh, what was her name? Sombra or whatever had like recently come out, I think is, was it Sombra that was the last one that came out? I think so. Cause at that point, the healing sniper lady that I, whose name I can't remember was already out, I believe. So it had been like Sombra, the hacker, the edgy hacker chick. Um, so yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it in so long, but it's, this is the problem with Blizzard games, and I, I like I love Blizzard games. Like I grew up playing Warcraft three. I've spent a disgusting amount of my life playing World of Warcraft. Um, but all of Blizzard's game, and I, and I played a lot of Heroes of the Storm too. Um, but all of the Blizzard games are so arcadey. They're so arcadey. I just. It's hard to make them into this, like, truly competitive, like, eSport, you know? Like, it's like people playing competitive skee-ball, you know? It's just, like, it's just not... The draw isn't there. It's just too arcadey or competitive pinball, you know? Like, um, and it's one of the things that's really frustrating is that they've they've just made their games so arcadey. I mean, like, they're so there's a good thing and a bad thing to it, right? Arcadey games are really fun because they're in and out really quick. You can play, you can do whatever, have a good time, play with your friends, um, and enjoy yourself. And it's very low stress. It's very like just chill, but it also makes it really difficult to turn into an esport. similar. I mean, it's why heroes of the storm, um, I loved, and, and I play a lot of league of legends in, in, I mean, I just started playing League of Legends in December um, this past. So, like, I've been playing for about seven months. Uh, I did. I played League of Legends when it first came out, and I played it for um, what about two years into like when it or three years maybe, and and it when it first came out. Um, but then, like, when I went to college, I basically stopped playing, and then um, later on in college towards the end i started to play heroes of the storm when i was going home and whatnot and i think heroes of the storm is such an awesome like i think it's just such a fun like just different style to like that moba game like um i i just yeah i i don't know it just it just feels more interesting. I like that it's more objective based. And I think that like it, it nowadays, like it's clear that league of legends has kind of gone more that way. Um, but I also like the variety in terms of the maps and what the objectives of the maps are and how that kind of changes things. But again, it, it, it makes it so sort of all over the place that it's kind of like not, again, it's not a very good esports kind of game. Uh, and then World of Warcraft, I mean, the decline of World of Warcraft into just becoming like a giant fucking homogenous arcade game has been frustrating to say the least. I, I mean, I 
I stopped playing in Cataclysm, and then I came back and started playing in uh, Legion. And I, I mean, I gotta say, I had a lot of fun playing in Legion, but it was like I leveled a monk from whatever eighty to ninety in like or whatever. Uh, I leveled a monk to whatever one level one ten or whatever it is in like no time i I mean it it literally took me like a weekend uh when you get that free what is it like you get like a free level 85 or something like that like that's why i came back because i got like a free um make and and then so i leveled that monk up and then i also um had my paladin and so it was just like that that i just leveled up and my i leveled my paladin up in like literally no time at all um and my priest i leveled like three different characters up in like literally no time at all and then it's like compared to like when it was like vanilla wow which by the way may be the biggest blessing that i have a girlfriend when um blizzard announced that they were bringing vanilla wow back because I think I would be so lost in the sauce on that game that I would just not be doing anything Um, just based on how my, you know, my time was back in middle school and high school playing. Wow. I I mean, yeah, I I mean, vanilla is just so fucking good. Um, And personally, I liked Burning Crusade better, I'm going to say it. I think Burning Crusade was the best expansion. I think it was the best version of WoW. Um, But anyways, I am, like, so far, far, far off on a tangent. Back back to the Sentinels lineup. Um, Okay, so we talked about Sinatra. Uh, We've talked about Psalms. We've talked about Dapper. Sick. Okay, what I really like about Sick is that um, he is an excellent Sage player. And I think it's so one of the things like we were talking about as far as how the meta with agents is changing. Um, it is very interesting that there are some maps where uh, the teams are opting to play no sage, like Haven, for example. Sometimes teams are choosing not to play sage, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, but I also think that there is basically nobody other than sick who seems to play sage well. And what's really interesting that he has done is he seems to get his utility out of the way early and then lurks. And that's a very interesting play style that's very different than generally what you would see in solo queue or anything like that. So I think the fact that they have somebody who's actually like really good on Sage gives Sentinels a very interesting uh, edge because I just don't I just don't think that there's anybody else where you're looking at their roster and you're saying that person's a great sage player. You might say that someone's a good cypher player or someone's a good omen player or whatever, but you're not seeing the sage players other than sick. Shazam, uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about Shazam. He's clearly, um, I, I mean, it's hard to say he's anything than the what top three best individual players right now in Valorant. Um, and then, you know, across the board and on TSM, you're you're stacked. I mean, Subrosa is just a great player who's really, especially kind of becoming very interesting on the Phoenix, um, which what I'm kind of intrigued by is the fact that I thought that Drone was a pretty excellent Phoenix, actually. So um, it was kind of weird that they wanted to move Subrosa to the Phoenix and then move Drone off onto like Brimstone and stuff like that. Um, but that being said, I mean, it seems to be working clearly. And, and we've talked enough about Ordell hazed seems to be a pretty good player who, uh, in fact, I think hazed is the one that is really playing most of the brimstone and he plays it really well. Hazed is seemingly in high up in frags every time. And then Cutler, who I just, I, I mean, I know obviously it clearly it's, it's reads as rel tuck. But I just love saying Reltuck. But yes, Cutler also, I mean, a great Counter-Strike player. So clearly, and it shows he's got good aim. And naturally, he plays Cypher 
because he can win those one-on-one gun battles uh and he's a very good cipher <clears throat> and so i don't think that there's any uh any coincidence that tsm and sentinels both have very good ciphers um and then if we kind of go into that a tier s minus tier maybe um you got the gen g and cloud nine and i should say t1 is kind of right there too a t1 is just really um interesting in that they are they feel very volatile it feels like sometimes t1's really good and other times t1 is not so good uh i mean so i i don't i don't know if they could figure out how to raise their floor without lowering their ceiling i think they could really start to do more um genji is a team that just is showing that they're um really they're they're very talented they're a strong team that i think as they play more together are going to become more and more a force i just don't think they're there yet i think huian um is an excellent opera as well so he kind of fits that role and it's interesting that he likes to play sova um and sova on the op seems to be a pretty solid move as well uh, i think it's interesting that he plays that more it seems than the jet um and then cloud nine i think um I think cloud nine is also a team that's just kind of right there. And I think with a little bit more, um, uh, I, I think with just like a little bit more time together, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I think the, the one thing is that, I mean, tens is a good opera. I just don't, I don't know that he needs to be. I just, I, the one, and the one thing I would really like is that, um, he actually plays Viper, and I think that there's a lot of room for him to kind of do more with that. And so that's something I'd really like to see is for him to play a little bit more of the Viper because I really do think that um, he could make that a more interesting agent in professional. And then um, and then after that, it's really kind of a shit show. I, I mean, Immortals is clearly a team that is interesting immortals is clearly a team that by next week i could be talking about immortals being in that you know upper tier um and i I mean i know that immortals took third in the phase clan but do i really think they're better than genji i I don't know i don't know it it doesn't i understand that they beat them in the series but Look, I mean, they were the better team that day doesn't necessarily tell me. In, in terms of how I've seen them compete with TSM and Sentinels compared to Gen G, I think that Gen G was giving much more of a run to TSM and Sentinels than Immortals was. Um, and then I think, I think the most obviously disappointing team right now... Um, is i think right it's pretty much it's got to be 100 thieves i think 100 thieves is the team that we're all kind of scratching our heads on um it felt like they it just feels like they should be better um it feels clearly like they should be better they have a very talented team um i think when you consider it i i mean i think they have the most popular player in north american valorant um in hiko and i i think that hiko is still clearly an excellent player i think that uh without a doubt um he is shown it, at least when he's streaming and even in these tournaments he's showing in these tournaments how well he is playing I, I mean he has had multiple rounds where he is just carrying his team um and so i i think that there's something there with that team and i think that 
Um, you know, your boy Dre has shown some things, and I think that Venerated has shown some things. Uh, Valiate's another player who, um, I mean, it seems like he's okay with the Cypher, and he plays the Viper, so I'm, you know, I'm somewhat, um, biased towards, like, I want to see him succeed, because I want to see these Viper players kind of figure it out. Um, but for whatever reason, they can't seem to kind of put it all together. Um... And I just don't know why. And I want I'm I'm interested to see if they'll have a shakeup or if they're going to just let this kind of play itself out. I think that that there's really no reason that they do need to make a shakeup. So this is the thing: is just because some of these teams are clicking early, this is still so young into a game, and these players are really still figuring out how to play together in a way that I. I really don't see why there is any need to rush. Um, if it's not working right now, it does not mean it won't be working in a month. I, I get it like in other sports when you kind of see this stuff and, and it happens fast and, and in esports, it can happen on a, you know, an annual basis. I mean, we see it all the time in league. Uh, basically no team stays the same after a year. Um, uh, other than what, like G2 and LEC, I mean, I don't know that any of the teams this year across the board are the exact same team. It It's actually quite crazy. Um, and so, and I mean, I guess to like to some degree, that's really true for any sport either. I mean, you, you'll see in, in football, I mean, I mean, on a you know 53-man roster, of course, it's like you're never going to have the exact same team, but largely the, the same key players and basketball you'll usually have the same key players with some role players kind of swapped out and whatnot but um i don't know i i just i don't see any reason to not see if you can get something going here because i I don't see the advantage and sort of trying to do like a plug and play get somebody else better in there now because is there i mean we don't really know that there's somebody else out there better and then other than that I, i mean and then FaZe Clan actually really put up a much better showing than I thought was going to happen. And I understand it's their name tournament. You got to figure they're going to show up. And uh, and that was the first tournament of that actual team. I, I mean, they they that's their officially fielded team now. And so you got to take some of their performance with a grain of salt because they've basically not played it all together. So... How is that all going to come together? We will see. I think that it's clear that they're, they've got some talent. Uh, Corey clearly has um, excellent aim. Corey is an interesting player who plays Reyna. Um, I mean, not like a lot, but like he's, he's the only pro player in NA that's bringing Reyna to the table, I think. I, don't, I haven't seen it anywhere else. And that is very intriguing because there's a lot to be said about how like Reyna is kind of low key, really, really strong. She's not overpowered. And, in, in and, um, in some ways you could say that she's underpowered, uh, but it's mainly just that she's such a feast or famine, uh, agent. And that gives her, uh, a huge advantage on pistol rounds because she can heal, which makes her pistol rounds insane, which is an insane advantage. I, I mean, in my opinion, I think she's a worthwhile agent to have on your team purely because she gives you an edge on pistol rounds. Now, if she gives you an edge on two rounds um, per game i i think that that right there is so big because if she wins you one pistol round she basically wins you two rounds almost guaranteed right because if she wins that pistol round you're almost guaranteed to win the follow-up round um or you're if not you're you're in really good position to win the third round because depending on if you're going to save or buy or whatever but usually i think you're going to buy like um, a stinger or 
a uh, specter or you know maybe like a judge or whatever but you're gonna have an econ edge going into rounds two and three that i think is huge and so obviously if you can do that you know twice in each game then you can effectively actually see um a situation in which she wins you four games or four rounds in a game which is insane that's insane so uh, i like that Corey is experimenting with her i like that Corey is bringing something like that out and it's it from what i've seen and been and been hearing reina is really popular in european valorant right now so you know we'll we'll see how that kind of goes uh but Corey seems to be an excellent player, also an Overwatch, um, you know, defector. Uh, and then what? They've got Zachary, who has seemed to be a pretty good player. I, I think that he is clearly showing that he can play well. Another and again, another Overwatch player. Um, and he and he's pretty good at the Sage, so I, I think that that makes him. Uh, something to kind of look out for. Marved has, I, I mean, I think Marved really popped off in um, in in this tournament, and so I think that that makes him very threatening. And he's a former CS:GO player, so you know that he's he's going to come in with some really good experience and help the team a lot. Um, and I think that he also has, you know, I, th- I think it's clear that he's pretty good on, on the Brimstone and the Omen. So I, I think that both of those are very interesting agents, and I think they fit well for what Marv is trying to do. Baby Bay has shown that he's um, definitely a very capable Cypher player, so I think that he also makes it, an, a, you know, he rounds out the team pretty well. Um, and then there's Rockus, who I, I mean, to a certain degree, we'll kind of see like, uh, I, 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 I honestly can't say that I recall him sort of doing anything that like flashed to me in this, um, tournament, but we'll see. Overall, I think that FaZe Clan is an interesting team who clearly showed up for their, their name tournament. And in general, FaZe Clan is such a excellent brand in esports i don't think that there's any team that has like really managed to bring esports closer to like a mainstream popular thing than phase clan um which because i mean they do a good job with content creation and just overall you know they've got a lot their hands in a lot of different cookie jars um you know they've got from my for my taste way too much fortnite stuff like but whatever i guess it's still a thing and it makes money so you, you know who am i to judge but i just i don't know i played a good amount of fortnite i really enjoyed it i just don't i i just think compared to warzone which i've basically not played at all but just from playing it and talking to others and in the occasions i have played it and and watching others play it i think it's an a better game um i think that valorant well obviously being some you know different it's still a shooter and i think that valorant's a better game uh csgo is still just a better game uh you know it's to me i just i i just don't see it with fortnite i i really don't um so but they're really heavily on it and it works for them so whatever um but yeah so that's that that basically covers kind of the current state and that covers the phase clan invitational um on you know in the pax tournament the finals was sentinels and cloud nine so again it's kind of like those teams that as i was talking about are clearly excellent teams who are um you know clearly sort of like the top echelon teams and 
you know, there, I don't think that anybody else was sort of even interesting in, in that tournament. I, I, I mean, yeah, you had TSM beat a team called Homeless that, you know, their page doesn't even exist on Liquidipedia. I, I mean, it wasn't like that. I, I was kind of hoping that the tournament, you know, would have had more sort of to it, you know, it just, it wasn't actually like that sort of high powered of a tournament. I mean, at least like the phase clan invitational definitely felt a lot more high powered. It felt more like competitive and like the, the teams there were more of them were good teams. Um, because, I mean, you even had, I mean, Lemonade Stand, I, I, you know, whatever, and they, at least they kind of showed up and they didn't really do much against Sentinels, but, you know, like, they, they showed up and played okay, and uh, being built by gamers got schlacked, um, and then, um, you know, Bloom at least took a game on TSM, so, Bloom made that a little bit interesting. Uh, um, and, and and what, I mean, China win, beat FaZe Clan, and then, um, you know, which may have been one of the, like, may have been one of, on its face, looked like the least interesting thing to happen in the tournament but because immortals took 100 thieves and wiped the floor with 100 thieves we had in the lower bracket round one 100 thieves versus phase clan in what was such an interesting game because like and it's such an interesting match right because the so it's FaZe Clan's name tournament, and it's a brand new team, and, you know, you've, like, FaZe Clan's a big name, and then you've got 100 Thieves, who is another big name esports organization. You have Hiko. You have this team that should be so much better than it is at... at, at as it currently plays. And you've got the two of them playing for elimination on what day two, day one, day one. It, it was like, this is insane that, I mean, literally if phase clan goes home, it's egg on their face. It's their home tournament. They, and, and they lose right away. And then on the other side, you have a hundred thieves. Who's like this team where you're just like, what in the fuck? You like, and then, and then you got them facing off like that. It's crazy. It was crazy. So, anyways, you know. Um, otherwise, yes. Again, understood that Immortals made a good run in the tournament, and I think that Immortals is almost right there. I just, I don't know. It to me what i'm seeing you know we'll we'll see we'll have another we'll have another tournament um i think what in two weeks if i'm not mistaken i think there's another tournament in two weeks and i think that's is that the end of the ignition series i'm not sure um i think that's the if I'm not mistaken, that's the end of the Ignition series is the tournament that's in like two weeks. I do not recall what that tournament is. Um, I I would have to look it up here. Let's see. Hold on. Final Valorant tourney in North America. I should say North American Ignition series. Um, and that's by B-Site Inc., who is a big uh, CSGO Flashpoint League um, backer. And that's, yes, the 26th through the 30th. So, yeah, about about exactly two weeks as this episode is August 13th as I'm recording. So Thursday, August 13th. So, yeah, about exactly two weeks. Um, and... 
the team, let's see, will feature eight teams, including five founding members of Flashpoint, Cloud9, Dignitas, Team Envy, Gen.G, and Immortals. The three invited squads are TSM, Sentinels, and T1. Um, so this will be an interesting series or uh, an interesting tournament because this tournament is largely the cream of the crop teams. Uh, and then, I mean, and like envy is okay. They're interesting. And Dignitas is whatever. I mean, maybe they'll show up with something. I mean, Dignitas, uh, well, I guess, I don't know. They're, they're not even much worth talking about in the league of legends side of things, even though they're in playoffs, but yeah. And anyways, uh, Dignitas is still like a, a, an esports organization. Let's put it that way. They exist. They're a team. Um, so, but otherwise, right? You got Immortals, Gen G, Cloud Nine, T One, Sentinels, TSM. So, that's going to be an interesting tournament, and you're going to have that's two weeks away. Um, and so we'll see how that goes. And the one thing I didn't really talk about, I, I obviously I was talking about is TSM and its uh, Sentinels. Those are like the teams to beat right now. This beef between them is kind of weird. It's kind of funny. I don't even know, like, I don't even, like, know what to think of it. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. It's, it, I mean, it's clearly not staged, but it's just also kind of, like, I don't know. It's it's a hilarious concept that these two teams are just, like, beefing. Um, but, I, I mean, it's just so internet. I don't know. I, I guess, like, it... it it does make it fun and it, it is hilarious because it's just like you see them teabagging each other and doing all this disrespectful stuff and um and that's entertaining to say the least so you know you know whatever it's it is what it is it's if it turns into something you know that'd be cool i mean i you know to a certain degree i mean league of legends really benefited early from um a lot of those sort of rivalries, um, you know, back in the day when it was like CLG and TSM and Cloud9 eventually. Um, but really, especially, right, it was CLG and TSM that were like big rivals early. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just remember back in those early early days of like the tsm the sort of original tsm team uh yeah those were those were some interesting times i mean so uh you know maybe like that is a really good way to make sure that there's interest kind of coming up in this league i do think that having a beef helps uh i think that that is undeniable and we'll see how i mean what's kind of changed i mean I think the one thing that I'm fairly certain is going to happen without a doubt in my mind is Killjoy is going to be getting used in that next tournament. Without a doubt in my mind. I think that right now on certain maps, uh, like Ascent and um, Split, not, I mean, Split, no, probably not Split. Uh, Haven, I think it's also very doable on Haven. And then uh, possibly even, I, I think that there's room for it on Bind, but definitely Ascent, without a doubt in my mind. I think the most preposterous team on defense is if there is a Cypher and a Killjoy. Cypher Killjoy on that map is so insane. It's preposterous trying to play attack on Ascent against those two agents. Um, so I think that we're definitely going to be seeing Cypher Killjoy combos on those maps. I, I, cause originally with the Killjoy coming out, people were sort of like, oh, well, uh, they're kind of, kind of like, uh, overlap in their roles and you'll probably have one or the other. And I think maybe on like, maybe on split, you might have that. Um, and Maybe on bind you might have that, but I think that there's definitely room, especially considering that there is a lot of momentum behind no sage on Haven. 
that I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that you could use Cypher and Killjoy to solo hold, you know, whether it's A and C or B and C or A and B, although, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I don't see a reason necessarily to ever have them hold A and C. I think that B should always be one of the ones that they hold just because I don't see any reason to stack the other three um team members near b i mean if you're going to have somebody in garage one in b and then you know maybe one kind of sits over by a or something like that i just think that b is so clearly the easiest area to retake that you almost want to um you want to allow them the opportunity to take B if that's really where they want to go. In 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 my opinion, look, I'm not pro at this or anything like that. It just seems that with how easy B is to retake compared to A and C, um, that it just seems to me that you might as well have like you because you could really double angle with Killjoy on B very easily. Um, and then Cypher is very good at handling A or C. So I think that you could see that there. I think Ascent, it's very obvious because you can just have the two of them hold the two. Uh, you could have somebody hold mid and basically flex your other two agents. You could literally have them sit and spawn. And, and this is the thing like some friends and I have tested out is if you have a Killjoy on one side and you have... A cipher on the other, um, you know, doesn't matter which one's A, which one's B. Although I think cipher is better at holding B. Um, and you could literally have, and then have one person holding mid or one person watching mid. Um, and and you could even put cipher's camera to watch mid, and then have two people basically just sit and spawn, and just sit there so that like. Right when they see what happens, I, I mean, I guess somebody watch Catwalk, um, and then just have one to two players sitting in spawn, and just wait until something happens. It's actually pretty insane, because like then like the reaction time, the the amount of time it takes to rotate is it's cut in, it's literally cut in half, so you can rotate super quick. And there's really no reason for you to be sitting on the site. Uh, like, the pick is probably going to happen from Cypher or from Killjoy. Anyways, it doesn't... It, you don't need to be there to potentially get picked. Like, you're on defense. Let them come to you. And so I think that that's a really interesting concept that we'll see, like, how that plays out. But I think 100%, if teams pick a scent, they're going to want to go Killjoy, Cypher. And I think on attack, it's still fine. Um, because I, I think that, I mean, you can still have Cypher lurk and, um, Killjoy's ult is still insane for retakes. So it's, I, I think that there's going to be a, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of Killjoy. I think she's kind of, uh, I will give them credit. I don't think she's overpowered. Not like what I expected when, when I saw her come out and her fucking, activated grenade and her turret and her insane ult they're not as overpowered as i expected them to be that being said i still think that uh, she is super strong and i'm very interested to see at the pro level what teams can do with her because i think that her potential is so untapped that we just don't even know how good she could possibly be so that that's going to be something that we're going to have to keep our eye on. And I think that pretty much wraps us up on Valorant. Um, as far as League of Legends goes, um, TSM and Golden Guardians are actually playing in the first round of playoffs as we speak. I actually have on mute the LS co-stream of it uh i think that if you don't listen to ls i think that he's just easily the best mind to hear talk about league of legends um i think that he's 
even if you think he's wrong, he's clearly the most he's attempting to be the most innovative at any at at all points. And personally, I don't think that he tends to be wrong. I think most of what he says makes a lot of sense. And I think that there's a lot of room to experiment with what he's trying to do and what he's talking about. Uh, I know that I feel like I've gotten better in solo queue from implementing some of the things he talks about. Um, and so as we speak, uh, let's see. Golden Guardians actually took the first game in the best of three. So they're in the middle of game two. I'm actually quite surprised because when I when I was originally looking at it, TSM had like a 4K gold lead. So that's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, so Golden Guardians is up 1-0. That's actually quite insane. We'll see. I mean, if TSM... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's so TSM if they lose. But anyways whatever north america i think that it's I, I i don't love like how everyone just bashes north american league and all this kind of stuff but i i definitely think that it's indisputable that it's pretty weak right now in general i think that FlyQuest eg will be interesting i think FlyQuest should run away with that though under any other circumstances dignitas i mean just i don't they're just like not good i i don't think i don't know i i just don't i don't see it with dignitas hundred thieves is like also just sort of like bleh um and i think cloud nine is sick and i think that cloud nine had a really weird split i don't know why they were so much worse in summer compared to spring and i i mean obviously they were still good i just don't know why they were so much worse um i think maybe they're just trying to experiment too much i think that they were trying to get too cute with like what they were trying to do with niski and mid um and then team liquid i i mean i guess if there was if there's ever any evidence of a letting a player go and that player signing somewhere else and that working for both sides i don't know if there's been a better example than team liquid letting um double lift go double lift signing with tsm tsm is clearly had a better split i think that to some at least some level that's because of double lift even though i don't think kabe was like bad i just it seems to me like to some degree at least double lift is playing a role in in being better there I also think getting rid of Dardock was a big role there. I think that um, Dardock was just like power inting for like the spring split in a way that was just kind of weird. And from everything that you hear about him just being like super toxic on teams, it's just like I just can't imagine how like I, that <laughs> it seems like he's the player that I would immediately be muting if I'm in solo queue. Um, but Team Liquid looks great. Tactical has come in and is just a god. Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the most interesting thing right now is, um, to me at least, I think the most interesting storyline right now is coming out of the LEC, where I think we're presently watching the greatest team in the history of European professional league of legends. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think I even have to say their name, but that's obviously Schalke 04. Um, Schalke 04 went from one in 10 to making playoffs in what was in beating teams like Fnatic, who's, you know, whatever, if you want to say Fnatic's been slouching, whatever, they're still a great team. They beat G2 they beat Mad Lions. Uh, like, what is this team? They're just fucking, like, world enders? And then they're going to face SK. I, I mean, wide people happy crown shots going to fucking get knocked out because God Gilius is just going to show up. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand this. Sh they, they were like, Shelka 04 was so bad in spring. And they were so bad for the first 11 games of summer. I just, I don't even understand. It's, 
I, I don't know that there is any team in the history of sports I can think of. Like, not, you know, broaden it. Not just esports. Sports. I've never seen a team just have this run. That is, it's so preposterous. Um, and, and so, like, I don't know, like, and then you got G2 and Mad Lions facing each other on Saturday. I, like, again? I mean, are, like, Mad Lions G2 in the first round, we're just going to do this again? It's insane. It's insane. So, um, that is going to be super interesting. I think Rogue Fanatic, I, I mean, that's a fucking heavyweight match. It's a heavyweight match. It's And it's two teams where it's very interesting because you say you take Rogue, who now has booked their ticket to Worlds, um, but is a team that largely people criticize as, like, good but not that good. Uh, I think everybody looks at Rogue as like they're stable, they're consistent, which is really important in professional League of Legends. If you're if you're consistent, like you're going to be good. But they are not the team like Fnatic or G2 where they have this ceiling that almost it it seems like their ceiling is as high as they want it to be. Rogue feels like they're always playing at their ceiling and their floor at the same time. Um and then in the LCK, I, I mean, to me, I just don't. Uh, is Damwon Gaming not the most incredible team? Uh, I mean, Canyon as a jungler is l- like. I, I think Canyon's the best jungler we've seen this split, like across uh, LPL, LCK, LEC, L- LCS. I don't think anybody's been playing a better job at jungle in all of League of Legends than Canyon. I really don't. I don't think anybody's even coming close to what this man's doing. And then you have Showmaker and Nuggery, who are both just these tremendous players that I I just... It's actually pretty insane that they can have this like playmaker jungle, playmaker top, playmaker mid, and still make it work. And I mean, and I know that um, LS and um, Atlas and Valdez talk about this, but one of the things is that Ghost plays his role so well as the role player AD carry. Uh, oh, because uh, I fr- Barrel is also like the most insane support. So they, they have like four playmakers on their team and they make it work. I don't understand. It's actually insane. It's actually insane because G2 and and Fnatic, Fnatic people are like, oh, well, you've got, you know, Selfmade and Bwipo who both are playmakers. And then you've got Hillisane who, Hillisang who wants to be a playmaker. Um, and then you have Reckless, sort of your traditional AD carry, and it's like they just have too many playmakers. They can't make it work. And then, like, on the other side, it's like you have, like, this same thing on Damwon, and they're just, I mean, it's just preposterous. I don't, I don't, I, I really have no idea how else to, like, explain it. I just, in their present form, um, I think Damwon is very much a favorite to win worlds. I, I, I really do. I think that, I mean, look, I understand that you add in the LPL factor and Invictus gaming looks plenty good. And, um, and top esports is also playing insane right now. Um, and they pop, I mean, Knight is potentially the best mid laner in, um, the world. I think that he's in that conversation, but I just don't, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Like IG, I don't know. It's really hard to judge. Like I've watched a lot of LPL and it's just, it's so high variance league of legends. 
it's really fun to watch. It makes it amazingly fun to watch because there's just crazy shit happening. There's like 30 kills in 20 minutes. It makes no sense. There's four man tower dives, three minutes into games. It is preposterous how much they play relying on mechanical skill, which makes it a very interesting game to watch. But it's very not clean, right? It's not clean play. The strategy is not there. Um, and so that's why, and, and I mean, that's why I think that Damwon is just in such an excellent position. And I, I mean, I think DRX is like a great team out of the LCK right now. And, and I think that, you know, I, again, I think that Chovy, their mid laner is very much, um, worth consideration as the best mid laner in the world um but i don't know i just don't i don't i mean damwon absolutely spanked drx when they played each other like last week i mean just spanked them so i i don't see it i just don't see i i mean at this point i think that it's fairly evident that it's going to be the unstoppable force versus the immovable object in the world finals. And that is Damwon gaming versus Shulk 04. And, um, and I think that, that I, I, the world would just like explode. I don't know how like either of these teams are supposed to lose. So, um, so that, that kind of gives like a quick wrap up on what's going on in professional league of legends. Um, I mean, for me personally, those are the League of Legends and Valorant are basically the two games that have really been consuming my time. Uh, I'm definitely going to get Fall Guys. I'm fucking obsessed with watching people play Fall Guys. Uh, and so my friends and I are definitely going to start playing that. And then I also have been rerunning through Sekiro, um, playing it with the Bell Demon on. Um, I've only been playing with the Bell Demon on, though, for bosses. I have not been playing... Oh, no. Sorry, I'm an idiot. I've been playing with the Bell Demon on at all times. Um, and so that's been interesting. Uh, I took quite a break. I haven't played in like a month, but uh, that's the only other thing basically that I'm playing right now. So it's basically League of Legends, Valorant, um, Sekiro, and then I think I'm definitely going to get Fall Guys because it looks like so much fun. And I just want to play it. So... Uh, and, and then like, I, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons on the tabletop side of things, but you know, whatever, neither here nor there. Um, and so I think at that point, that's, we're at what an hour and almost 10 minutes. So I think we're in a pretty good spot to call that an episode guys. Um, you know, much appreciated and I'm definitely really enjoying kind of covering the video game content more and so i think i'm going to do more of that and hopefully you all like it and stay tuned peace out enjoy have a good one